Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. friends, welcome to episode two of Working in Yoga. This episode has my first repeat guest, my friend Sigrid Stream. And Sigrid is also a yoga studio owner in the Midwest. And Sigrid is coming at us today talking about a subject that I love, leading our businesses with our hearts. A lot of typical business advice in the yoga space doesn't often land for us because it feels greedy. That's not how we want to show up as individuals in the world. And honestly, that's not why we got into yoga. So Secret and I talk about all of that. She gives some really, really great advice. And I am so honored to have her. Now, before we continue, I want to make sure that if you're listening to this and you like my content, make sure that you like or subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. And you can check out my website, workingyoga.com, where my recent blogs are, as well as announcements for any workshops that I've got going on in the future. So without any further ado, here is my friend, Sacred Stream. Hey, Working in Yoga friends. This week, I am welcoming again my first repeat podcast guest. And my friend, we have so much fun every time we talk. I'm so happy that you're back mm. on the podcast. Welcome, Sigrid Streep. Tell us about you. Well, hey, Rebecca. I'm glad to be back. And I'm like, I'm a repeat performer. So I guess that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> we run a couple of yoga, yoga, we don't, and also yoga studios <laughs> in Bismarck, North, Bismarck and Manda, North Dakota. Um, we've been in, actually run the, started the businesses in 2015. And from there, we've started teacher training programs. And lately I have been, not even lately, the last year or plus, maybe even two years now, time, there was a little time warp in there where we forgot where things happened. I have been doing and working with a lot of other business owners or people, our students that have questions about how to run their business and how to successfully lead from the heart or try to try to run their business in an ethical way that so that they run it, they're running a business based on yoga. And what they're trying to do is run it based on an ethical way, based on the, the way that the sutras run, right? But that's not how the business world runs. The business world is like, go in, kick ass, get out of there, <laughs> get all yes. the money you need, and then move on. Whatever carnage you leave behind, eh, whatever. And that didn't work for me. And so I have been helping others kind of figure out ways to lead from the heart. Yeah. And I've been doing it three to five hours a week. 
on the regular, just people calling, asking questions and just doing it because I love it. And then it occurred to me that maybe I should start running it as a business, (laughs) another business on the side or in the front. I don't care where it's at, but somewhere in there, I need to start using it and using the skills that I have um, for business for, for my time so that I can maybe move away from a few other things in life. So I love one of the things that you say about yourself is you're a serial entrepreneur. And it's like my favorite thing, because honestly, like once you get the entrepreneurial bug, I think so many of us have so many hustles, right? Like I was on a Zoom call yesterday and I was, somebody said, so what's your capacity? And I said, well, I run three businesses and they just went, what? But entrepreneurs get it. And like, I love that you're talking about being a serial serial entrepreneur, but also leading from the heart. Like that's the yoga piece that I think we don't talk about enough. And leadership is such a big passion of mine talking about leadership. We got to hug in person at Yoga Teacher Comp in Denver last month, where you were talking about the sutra or about the yamas and niyamas for yoga studio owners. And I was talking about leadership skills for studio owners. So tell me a little bit more specifically about what you mean by leading from the heart. A friend of mine suggested this lovely book from Nishala Joy Devi, and it's called The Secret Power of Yoga. And what it takes is a perspective from the feminine side of the yoga sutras, because most yoga sutras come from a tradition of a male background and much later dates in history when feminine uh, energy was, or women in general, let's just say women, were not revered as having much power or being viable or more than just people that take care of things and have no power. Um, And her perspective is taking it from the feminine and not leading just from the head, but taking the sutras from the heart. And for me, that was like, it was the first time I was like, oh man, that totally, that I get that. The other thing is it does, it takes the yamas and takes it from the perspective of, again, from the head, from the don'ts, the restrictions, the restraints, and then moves them into spaces that are allowing for for us into something more positive. And that's how I think, or that's the perception that I'd like to have that I, the way I feel and think. So instead of ahimsa non-harming, what if we change it from the the perspective to love for all instead is a fine example. So just kind of flipping that on the edge. Um, Max Strom also has a quote in a book that he wrote. It's called the, A Life Worth Breathing. And he says, what if you stopped looking at the world from how it, I am paraphrasing because I do not have this memorized. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Max. Uh, but what if we stopped looking at the world by what we can't do and looked and moved through the world by what we can do? And how would that change perspective? How would that help us move through life with a more positive attitude? And then, because you know what? You can tell people what you don't want to do all the time. And you know who cares? Nobody. Right. I don't really, I don't like, I can't do (laughs) all the time. I'm like, I got enough of my own stuff going on. I don't need to pick that up all the time. So coming in from more of a, like, let's get stuff done perspective and leading from the heart. Eventually, you know, there always has to be this perspective of how you use your head also in all of this. You can't just lead completely from your heart. We've all done that at least one or two times and not always had the best results. <laughs> but we can also move in from the heart 
with that backup of that big old brain that we keep rolling around with us everywhere. Yeah, I, I think what you're talking about is really important, especially now, like before we pressed record, you and I were talking about the rebound part of, because we both own yoga studios, right? And we're in like this rebound phase and how COVID has kind of fundamentally changed who we are and how we react to things. And I think that that is true, not only for COVID, but anytime somebody has a challenge in their, in their lives, they can say, this is, you can start to be like, really paranoid or really scared to spend your money on things that are going to help your business. Like all those things that like we can lead from fear or we can lead from a heartfelt space. And so I, I think especially now in what you called the rebound phase of the industry. (laughs) And I really love that, that idea of like, we're all on the rebound right now. Um, it's a really important concept to really talk about. Have you been using it in your studio in this whole like rebound phase? And in your business. Yes. I felt that first year, that 2020, and then even into about halfway through 2021. So about 18 months, I was in, I didn't realize how much in survival mode I was, how much I felt like I couldn't, um, I really couldn't breathe. And the amount of crying that happened and all of the moments when you just, you don't even know what you're going to do. You just keep doing. Um, and then there was a, I, it almost felt like I turned around a corner one day and I was like, Oh, I can start planning ahead again, which we didn't. I mean, I was just taking care of problems all the time, trying to solve, trying to make everybody feel good in the places that they're at, trying to make people, people being students and teachers and people that we were working with feel safe where they were at. Like they still had this place to come to. And create the community for that. And at the same time, planning ahead, which is really, I, I love to come up with ideas of things that you can do events, fun things to do with your business, how you can grow it, maybe just a little bit differently than off the beaten path. And I had lost that. I mean, I could barely just, I would be like, I don't, I don't know. Don't care. Let's just get through tomorrow. How's (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a yeah. question about this. Yeah. yeah, I have a question about how to run this. You know what? I will tell you the answer, but in my deepest heart, I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Here's my answer. I will tell you the answer, but I do not care. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 coming around that corner, it was it felt like I was bouncing up from the bottom. And coming and 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 I started to have ideas again and and have vision and begin to dream. I mean, I have a lot of dreams. I also make sure that I have a lot of people that I get to work with around me that can help execute said dreams or, or hold on to my leg as my brain floats away. Please come back. (laughs) Um, So for me, that rebound happened when we were starting to feel more open again, feel that ability to, to dream dream bigger dreams to plan bigger events. We had planned on starting a 300 hour program for years and it just felt too, too much. Like it just felt like it was too much. I couldn't add anything more. And we, so this time we around, we've got our date set. We're starting it in January and it's happening. And we already have people and we already have people signed up. Like they, we had so many people signed. Like, I think we had a third of the class filled um, in the first two days. 
Uh, it was so, it was so, I was like, oh, we're back. Hey girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are so exciting. Like, so one of the things my apothecary is doing, we're running this high tea at a flower farm and I've been like, events have been so hard for us, but like, I love events. I love to host an event. Mm-hmm. I love to have people have a good time. Right. And I was so worried we were going to have this high tea. Nobody was going to come. I will tell you, I sold all the tickets in like a week and it felt so good to be back and to be back doing this thing that I loved. Right. Like, like you, you said something that I think a lot of people don't understand about folks who are business owners and entrepreneurs. Like we love a good idea. Like most of us have notebooks next to us, just full of good ideas. The hard part isn't finding the idea. The hard part is eliminating all the other ideas you're not going to do. And like, you're totally right in 2020 and 2021 too. I think, yeah, for me, it was like October time where I really felt like, oh, I can plan for the future instead of panicking about the present. Exactly. Yes. I mean, and you opened your apothecary in the middle of that business too, didn't you? I did. 2021 in July is when we opened. And we've had like, (laughs) I mean, it's been actually nice to have a business that alternates it's high points with yoga as well. Like, you know, yoga slides down in the summer, but the apothecary comes up in the summer and yoga slides down in December and the apothecary is like banging in December. Um, But it's been fun to like start new ideas again and really feel like we have hope to go forward. And being a heart-centered leader, I think is now more important than ever because we all feel a little, little battered as business owners from the last two years. If we're still here in it, We've got some like serious, I, I know I'm going to like five years from now, you and I have this discussion. I'll be like, man, I still have baggage about spending money. <laughs> well, part of that is there's been moments in our life when you're like, oh, we're going to pay everybody. And I love ramen. <laughs> yeah, I so delicious. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, like, okay. Hopefully by Friday, I will make that sale so that everybody gets their paycheck and it's fine that I didn't get one this month. It's okay. <laughs> like nobody needs that. Yeah. <laughs> Food's overrated. But My I think kids that we don't also, eat shoes. Then we, yeah. Then I think, you know, we also get into these high times where it feels so good too. Yeah. Yeah. That we're living in these really great times. So we can't, you know, it's easy to focus. It's more fun to focus on the, the shitty times because there's, you're like, oh my God, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Still here. Yeah. Yeah. But even as you also said, so um, part of leading from the heart or leading a business in this direction is that uh, learning how to like not have all your eggs in one basket. That's what I really learning to diversify in a bunch of different areas has helped a, helped us a lot in times. I mean, we sold yoga mats to so many people in New York. Well, not so many, but some people in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, from our website because we had we had them in stock, right? Um, when we were doing that kind of stuff, but making sure that also that if you're going to run it based on like again back to ahimsa, making sure that you're running it and what you're stocking is. Like, where does it come from? Where is it sourced from? Who gets paid? And when this purchase gets made, what kind of business are you supporting in your business? So even what you're putting into your 
into your, if you're having a boutique end of it, if you're doing any kind of retail, like where does it come from? How did you get it? Who are you supporting? Yeah. I mean, you, you've said something so right, because it is very easy to choose the quick and easy path of like, I mean, Amazon can literally sell you anything under the sun. Alibaba can sell you anything under the sun in ridiculous amounts of bulk, but are we purchasing sustainably? You're right. Where is our money going? Are we, you know, paying workers the the wage that we want them to be paid is like, in my case, I have herbs and teas. Are the herbs and teas being sustainably and ethically sourced? Like all of that, you're right, is absolutely part of heart-centered leading. Yes. And we're, lo- we're looking at, I have another little, that one's going to have to wait. I have another little idea got brewing that I want to help have somebody help come in and help me with it. So, and it's so that we can bring in um, a really sustainable product that we can make sure that we have a little bit more control over and making sure that the, it's a quality product. So then, and then private labeling it. Well, well, we private label all of our stuff. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, that's, I mean, and I do think like, especially in the yoga industry, people don't look at retail as like a viable option, but it really is. I mean, I had somebody help partner with me for the beginning of the retail space. And now I'm taking over that retail space and like launching it in a way that I think will actually make it a sustainable business model. But it's been fun over the last couple of years of this, this COVID shift to really look into like, oh, oh, I see the flaws in a business. And I, as a heartfelt leader, can walk in and help improve it. And like, I, I think we all learned so much on the fly during COVID that now we have all these amazing skills to really like knock our businesses out of the park. Yeah, and I get questions about um, staffing questions or... Um, this situation happened. What do you think we could do? I just helped someone the other week uh, that had her marketing words were, a, uh, there's a good way to be direct and there's another way to be like in your face. And hers were a little bit in your face. And so we just sat down. I shot her a couple, I sent her a couple questions about we had a quick discussion before and then had her go through the list of questions, how she was trying to do, what's her real message that she was trying to put out without being just like screaming something to the universe um, and sat with her. And we sat just even, it was like 75 minutes, I think. And we sat and just went through her marketing. Like, what do you really want to do? Who are you trying to, who are you really trying to reach and who are you trying and why do you want to do this? Like, what is your real, like, why? in all of this and sat down, yeah. looked at some of the marketing pieces for her. Um, and just people don't realize how important words are and then how to make that whole experience that she was trying to create. Maybe it's not just a one-off class here and there. Maybe the, what she's trying to do is create a very intimate space. And maybe that's a series for her instead. And so yeah. how that could be, how it could progress. And then I'll sit down with her again. And, um, once she gets it put together, I said, I'll take a peek at it and we can, I'll give, give you my 50 cents worth. Well, and I think like humans like you are really valuable in our industry because I've really been playing with this idea. And this is an idea that my coaches have been talking about this idea of a body of work, right? You don't have to be one thing or do one thing. I don't have to just own a yoga studio. I can also, you know, do this thing over here and do that thing over here. And it can all culminate in like the body of work that I am creating as a human being. And like, 
having humans like you to help coach people, I think is really important because oftentimes yoga people think they can only do one thing like, oh, I just teach yoga classes. Do you have to? Is it a workshop? Is it a series? Is it a course? Is it like, there's so many ways that we can share what we want to share with the world. And sometimes you just need another person, like another connection to help you think things through. And I think that's, that's been invaluable for me. I'm sure for you too. Oh yes. It's, it's the power that two more than one person can come together and someone that's not stuck in the everyday grind of what it is, or sometimes someone that's not even you don't, that you don't work with on a daily basis, or you don't see on a daily basis and you don't talk to the same people coming in with a different perspective and then combining those two efforts. Sometimes the really beautiful ideas come out of that. And sometimes people are afraid to dream, to dream big or to dream outside of what they think they should be or where they think they should be. And just to go a little bit past that and see where it takes them. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. I feel like we need more big dreamers. Like that's just, especially in yoga. And you've mentioned like from female centered, heart centered leadership, like so much of us in yoga, we are primarily humans who identify as women. And I mean, and I quote the stat a lot from URSA, which is like an overarching organization that tracks not only yoga, but also fitness spaces and spas and like business ownership. There's something like 75 to 85% of all business owners are women in our arena. So I think it's very powerful to be able to have these conversations where you're going like, look, you don't have to lead in the way that like bro Chuck over there is leading his business. Like you said, where it's just like flames behind you and who cares who you, you know, like that's not any of us. And we also, all of us hopefully are practitioners in a tradition that teaches us not to be that way but we still have to run businesses. How we can marry those two is like a conversation I think is so worth having. So from being in a corporate world, we were always taught, you know, like follow the money, figure out where the money's at, go after that, go and go and get, it was always all about the money. Um, do all your budgeting based on so many different factors that, you know, based on, is it four weeks or five weeks in the calendar? And then you, move around the calendar and base your budget on budget on that. I was in the newspaper industry for a long time. Um, <laughs> down in your city, in fact. I, uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we were always taught that that it's it's about go start with the money first yeah. and see where it can be and then come up with the idea on how to get into that space. And the way I do it and maybe and I will honestly tell you not everything that I, I will not everything I've ever done has been successful and made money. Okay. And I thought it was a great idea. There's some things I thought were great ideas and guess what? They were not great ideas. <laughs> so I am not, I mean, I'm not here to say that everything I've done is perfect. Um, but I was willing to try, but what I always, always, you always learn the lesson from it. That didn't work, but here's how it can work better next time. Here's what I can add, take away, mix in something differently next time. Yeah, I mean, but learning to lead oh, from. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No. I was going to say, learning. No. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. Okay. So I like to start a project now. I and I have 
an idea that we want to go to and a reason we want to do it to like, who are we trying to reach in the community? What are we lacking in this space? What needs to be added in? And then either trying to figure out a backwards plan from that space on how the, how you can make it successful. So everyone gets paid because we are in this business to get paid because we love to do it. And this is what we want to do. So let's just be real about money that we come into this, to the project first and then figure out the way to get into the money and how to do it that way. And I also, I 1000% believe that if you move, we get so wrapped around the fear of looking like we're too successful. Um, that was my eyes. I got to push into the front of my head again. We get so afraid <laughs> of looking like we're too successful and that we're not going to be good yoga teachers anymore that we run ourselves out of business. Yeah. We're really trying to do really good things. We're trying to create these communities. We're trying to create safe spaces for people to come to. We're trying to create um, this space for all the stuff we talk about, love and kindness and peace and humanity and learning to believe in yourself and finding this place to be calm and a place to find, to get de-stressed. But if you're not in business anymore, then you ain't, you ain't got nothing. It's not there anymore. So what are you going to do? I want to amplify that, what you said again, because that was so important. We get so wrapped up in trying to act like we don't have a lot of money that we're not, we don't want to look like we're too successful that we run ourselves out of business. Like there's no sentence that has absolutely encapsulated what the yoga industry's attitude about businesses like that one. Like, why don't you try it? Go try being ridiculously successful and see how much of a problem it actually is. Or maybe you could go help people with your success. Like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, because the more, okay, here's the deal. I is, when it comes in, I'm, as soon as it comes in, I am pushing it back out. Like, how can we make more? How can we create more? How can we do more in our community? And for someone, I mean, for someone that, sometimes we can give things away because we have this, something extra came in but we also don't have to announce to the world that we gave it away. Yes. Yes. You know, there doesn't have to be this like, I, look, I gave away five free yoga classes on and put it on the social media, the social media. That's how we say it in the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> True story. I'm in the Midwest uh, too. <laughs> yeah. We're sure now. Yeah. <laughs> and I often think too, that we get so afraid of this scarcity mentality that someone else is going to take all of our, and I am guilty of it also. There have been times when I have thought a new business opened in town, just an example, a new business opened in town. And it didn't go that, my brain immediately went to, oh, there's someone else in town. Now we're out of business. That's exactly like the deep dive. That's where it went first. And it actually is someone that I know and that I'm friends with. And we actually collaborate back and forth. Um, We call each other if we have ideas. I can't do this. Can you do this? And, and doing that, that's not happening with everybody else that is in our area, but that has been, a that has been a, such an important relationship for us, for me, that I know that, um, going in with open arms, right. If I'm going in with open arms, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm here and I'm closed off and everything has to be so tight and scarce. But if I have my arms open, my arms are open to give, which also means my arms are open to receive. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we have to be, that is, that is exactly it, right? We have to 
be open to that receiving of what we need. And, and sometimes it's, it's like, I think people are only focusing on the giving part and the giving part and the giving part. Um, It's equal energy exchange in everything you do. You like, and another one of my coaches actually taught me that a long time ago. Like if you are in something and you're the person who is giving and giving and giving, and you're not getting, that's not equal energy exchange, even if it's a free yoga class, right? Like, I mean, and sometimes I have, like, we all, I think, have horror stories of that free yoga class that you gave for a giveaway or a raffle. And like 9.9 times out of 10, they don't renew the the gift card you give. But that one time where you walk into somebody's house and they're like, oh, private yoga class for me and my friends. And they've all had pizza and drank wine. And you're like, okay, giving, but not receiving. This is yeah. <laughs> like the worst. <laughs> we just got, we used to have a first class. We had that for... Oh, man, we just got rid of it in the last three months. So five years we had first class free oh. and, and people would come, you know, and then they'd come the second time after they changed your email. And then they'd come a third time after they had used their cousin's email to get all this, <laughs> to get their first. Yeah. Bobby with an I and Bobby with a Y. Uh, <laughs> so they would change your emails and did, did that. And I just was, and you wouldn't, it wasn't, I kept it forever. Cause I was just like, we need to have a space so people can come in and, and try it. And then I just, I got rid of it. I thought, well, you know what? I'm, I will try. We started two weeks for 20 bucks. And the people that sign up for two weeks unlimited for 20 bucks, honestly, I don't even know how they do that much yoga, but it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they come in and they, I mean, they are there for at least once a day, taking a class, which is great. They feel better in two weeks. Then they also find that now they want to be, they don't want this to go away. And so we've had people come back in either by class passes or do their monthly renewals. So switching from that free model into um, the two, two weeks for 20 bucks was a big change for us. And then we still offer what we call karma classes, which are free classes, one free class every week, somewhere on the schedule. Oh, Wow. That's so really nice. take around. It's a different, yeah, it's a different class on the schedule. Usually something to get more people at a um a different time slot. Oh, sure. To have people try out new classes. Yeah, yeah. that's a really smart idea. I mean, so so our studio, and we don't advertise this. Or, I mean, I guess I'm advertising it now because I'm saying it on my well, podcast. Now you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I always partner with local other local nonprofits who are being of service of humans in a community that we want to be of service to. And I just say I have service memberships, and I'm the only one in my studio who knows who's on a quote unquote service membership because it looks like a regular pass in my system, and then they're just able to come in, and it's. There's there's a thousand ways I think that we as business owners can be of service without giving away our products and services for free. Like, yeah. and then we also get to choose who we're being of service to, you know? Yes. Not Bobby with an I and Bobby with a Y and Bobby with an IE with a heart, yes. maybe. <laughs> yeah. And a heart. I'm just like, <laughs> we actually, I got so sick of it. I, I finally put in there in the description, please don't change your email just to get this deal again. <laughs> I do think sometimes those experiences though can really change us as business owners. Like I I use this example a lot. We all know that one business owner who's been in business for like 55 years who thinks everybody's out to get them. 
And like, sometimes I have to remember, like, I have to go back to the yoga to be like, this isn't going to fundamentally change me. Yes, people make poor decisions. Yes, those decisions can affect me. But that doesn't mean that everyone is like that, that I always want to lead with my heart first and foremost, because before any of this, before any of the like three businesses I run ever happened, I was a yoga student first. And I always want to remember, I'm still always a yoga student first. So I love how you're talking about this because it's easy to let it make you bitter. Oh, very easy. But, you know, there's, so there's a fine line. So my degree is in accounting, right? So I have the numbers background. I can do, I can do the the numbers. In fact, when I took the CPA test, you, it was back in the time when you still couldn't use your calculator. Okay. (laughs) So I can look at the numbers. I can get an idea. I know where things have can be to be successful, but I also know that the numbers can't be the only way we run it because that's not, it's not, it's, it can be done that way. It has been done that way for many, 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 many years in so many different industries, but that's not how I, I can successfully lead the business that I want to run or that I can help you expand into where you want to be in your business. I, I mean, I can do it. I've done it. I got trained to do it that way. I lived in a world where that's where I had to do it that way for many years. And that's why I'm not in that. And I took a little trip back into time and did it for like three months. And I was like, yeah, this is no, (laughs) no, no, I still hate this. And, and came back to full-time teaching and then running a studio studio and then opening another one and opening all these other um, businesses, but also in the same exact sense, trying to help others find where they want to be. Even if they are still working their J-O-B, their still regular job, how they can find and move forward into something that maybe works better for them over time. Maybe they can move into it, maybe on a full-time basis with seeing where they're at. but also just maybe even making their regular job something that they can lead more from that space that feels better for them and who they really truly are. Yeah. Okay. So tell everybody where to find you so that they can learn more about what you're offering. Well, (laughs) one of the things I did was hire, I just actually hired somebody to help me with um, some of the things that we're doing here. So she put together um, I gave her a bunch of information for what we want to do for our website. And she put, put, made words for me because it was really hard to write about myself. So she helped me create this website and it's called, and it's very tricky. <laughs> Wait for it. Sigridstreeb.com. <laughs> so it's S-I-G-R-I-D-S-T-R-E-B as in boy, E, then dot com. I don't have to spell that probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we offer what I'm off, what I'm, putting out there. And what I have been doing is we are doing, you can either do one-on-one calls by the hour. The best way to get the most, the the most, how is that? Oh my gosh. I went to Canada and the Midwest at the same time. Uh, (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) To get the very uh, niche joke, my (laughs) friends. Yes. Yes. They'll figure it out eventually once they come to see me. Uh, uh, And also doing quarterly, quarterly planning. So what we do there is we come in, do um, 
look at what you want to do overall for a year. Like, what do you want to do? What are your big dreams? Where do you want to move to? What are you, what are your plans for the future? Okay. What can you do right now in this quarter? And then we set up goals. We set up um, ways that you can move forward into those spaces. And then maybe even create some new products and new services that you want to offer. Yeah, maybe create some new fresh revenue streams and events that match the vision that you're that you're looking for. And then maybe even wait for it, do some things that you should stop doing. Uh-huh. Find some things that you should stop doing. That was a really important lesson for me. I had someone I was teaching 12 to 15 classes a week. I was doing um running all the stuff in the business, doing so many things, and I couldn't figure out why I was tired all the time and just exhausted and didn't have time for anything else in my life. And they, this, uh, a mentor told me you need to go back. Like you can, the most you can teach is five classes a week if you want to do all this other stuff. And so changed the way I did because someone had to actually come in and say, holy, had to verify for me that I was, I, I was busy. (laughs) The magic four letter B word. Yes that I was busy enough and maybe I shouldn't, I could unbusy myself a little bit. And then I also do, I've been for the last couple of years, well, four or five years now, it's past for past a couple, time flies again. Uh, I do public speaking also. So one of the things that platforms I speak about is a lot about uh, resiliency, how to deal with stress, how to run your business based on, again, the yamas and niyamas and the ethics of uh, leading from the heart. Um, And the reason this big heart the why everything is for the it was kind of a full circle moment is this leading from the heart and living from the heart is because I did have a heart attack when I uh, was 50 years old so that's four years ago now uh and for me it just feels like all of it came together it feels like it's all coming in leading from the heart being from my heart and that was a really big moment for me to just really sit back and say okay, if I am not here tomorrow, did I get a fraction of the things done that that I wanted to get done? What's my legacy? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So since you talked about pulling back, what is your best self-care tip? Is that a good self-care tip? Get things off the table? Yes. Well, my self-care tip would be learn, you know, once you know how to do it and you're proficient at it and you've created a system for it, why have you created the system so you could let it go and let somebody else do it? Because if you're doing everything, you can't do anything. Yes, 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 grow. yes, yes. There's no possible way to grow. Yes. Yeah. Learn how to do it, create a system, and then empower somebody else to do it better than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Secret. Like we always have so much fun. It's just fun to chat. I am glad that I'm a repeat guest. The first one even. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Thanks for doing this too, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. I know we talked about it at the yoga teacher conference uh, in Denver in April. And we kind of, I was asked to give a date and (laughs) said, okay, let's put it on the calendar. And, and then I, it, it was good for me because I also need someone to help me with, um, planning, give me dates, just put it down on paper, be held accountable for sometimes for me, if I'm held accountable for it, I know exactly it will always be done. Yes. If I know someone else is going to look at it. So um, thank you for that. Got my website done yesterday, finished it all (laughs) up. Just in time management, we like to call it. 
but it was the dates. Like I knew I had when I could backwards plan and, and drop and do it and have to make sure everything was done. So accountability is a, is a big piece, especially when it's something um, that you really, really feel passionate about. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sigrid. Uh, make sure you check out Sigrid's website, sigridstream.com. That'll be in the show notes. And if you have any questions about heartfelt leadership, this is also something that I'm really passionate about. So you're welcome to, to reach out to me or Sigrid and just talk about these things because I know it feels uncomfortable sometimes for us to work our businesses as yoga folks. So next week, stay tuned, make sure you like, and subscribe so that you can hear my conversation with Sonia Chapnick. Now, Sonia is a visually impaired yoga teacher in California, and she's going to be sharing her experiences, how she got started in yoga in the nineties and all about her super cool new yoga nidra program. So don't forget to subscribe because I don't want you to miss a minute. See you next time.